Back in the day, I used to present a radio show on Yukon's Pugs Radio, and it was absolutely brilliant. Even though I'm not coming back to present the show for another series, what we thought we'd do is reissue all of the rip ticket shows that went out with me at the helm here on Talking Smith About Film, giving you lots of reviews that you've probably never heard before. On this show, I'm joined by fellow UCLan student Liam Murphy to talk all of the latest releases that came out in this particular week in which the show's from. It's a generic one-and-done link I'm doing for all the ones that Liam did with us, but yeah. Enjoy the show, folks. Old Jay with Left Hand Free here on the Rip Ticket Show on Pulse Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Three minutes past one. Welcome along if you are coming in. We have a busy show ahead. Not only do I have a new co-host with me, but we have two films to review for you all after this afternoon. We've got Instant Family, we've got uh, House Training Dragon Free, we've also got our usual film news rundown, and, because Liam's here, we've got a brand new feature to close the show. We'll tell you a little bit more about that later on in the programme. Liam, of course, welcome on board. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Uh, so, so, of course, just, just quickly before we launch into the Instant Family Review, so, what, what's the best thing about the big screen experience? What brings you into a good film? Uh, uh, really, a good story. Yeah. Um, something... Like, I'm a big fan of, like, my sci-fi. Anything, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, DC Cinematic Universe, I'm a bit (laughs) sceptical. But, yeah, I like a good story. Uh, A bit of fancy. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, a a fancy goes to the complete polar opposite to the first one we got to review today. (laughs) It's based on a true story. It's the Sean Anders-directed film with Mark Wahlberg, Rose Byrne. Long story short, did I enjoy it? Well, here's the trailer for Instant Family. I love what you two are doing with this house, but what are you going to do with five bedrooms? You guys are obviously never having kids. What was that look? I did not do a look. You're doing a look right now. There's no look. Have a good fight, guys. There's so many kids in foster care, and they're having an orientation. Ellie, people who take in foster kids are really special. The kind of people who volunteer when it's not even a holiday. We don't even volunteer on a holiday. Over a half million children are currently in foster care. The county puts these on because they can match a lot of kids and parents quickly. Look at the big kids. Everybody's avoiding them. I'm going to go and say hi. But they're teenagers, okay? They use drugs and they watch people playing video games on YouTube. We're not equipped for any of that. Hi! Just FYI, we can all hear you. Hmm? It's okay. Go mingle with the kitties and uh, don't give it another thought. Bye-bye. She was cool. Lizzie comes with two younger siblings. Three kids? Too much. Oh, Oh my God. They're adorable. Why would you show us that? That's wrong. Here we are. Make yourself at home because you're at home. Do you like the Clippers? I'm more of a Lakers fan. Oh, no. You hit me because I like the Clippers. I think the Clippers are awesome. They were smart for trading Blake Griffin. Their best player. Fire department comes, okay? You're just another white lady who wants to adopt charity orphans to make you feel good about yourself. Pretend mom. We might have a little bit of a knack for this. Oh. 
I beg to differ. <laughs> this stuff takes time. Lizzie yeah. had to parent Juan and Lita all by herself. This is never going to be easy, but with some structure and love, you could make your house a home. Please just go away. Do you know what I like to do? Really? All right, let me fix it, okay? Thanks, Daddy. I just got my first daddy. Oh, what the... You suck! I want some of that. Hey, honey, can I help you with anything? No! What are you doing to my phone? Look at what this boy texted her. Is this that kid, Jacob? Hey, I saw the picture you sent her, Jacob. You're lucky I'll end your life right now, Carrot Top. We're going to call your mom. You're going down today. So what do you think of that, Jacob? My name is not Jacob. What? Okay, okay, okay. So as you've heard from the trailer, Instant Family is about a married couple feeling void and visiting this foster care centre and attempting to adopt not just a teenager, but her accompanying two siblings. And it's so-called comedy. And I say so-called because when we get into the meat and potatoes of this review, you understand my issue with it. It is basically a true story about his parents trying to find out how they can have these kids in an attempt to trying to spice up their marriage a little bit. This is a 12A film at the end of the day, and as such a 12A film comes with a certain kind of humour. You heard a bit of uh, the clip that we've got in the trailer, but as is the case with the Rip Ticket show, we've got a trailer in the clip, we've got to play it. So, here's a little clip from quite late on in the film, where the Mark Wahlberg character gets called Daddy for the first time by one of the girls. Here's a clip. Hey, hon. Hey. Hi. How's she doing? She's good. Oh. And check this out. I got here early and Lizzie saw me and she came over and just starts talking. To you? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? What happened? Mom, oh, it's okay. Don't you? Calm down. I'm going to fix her, okay? Thanks, Daddy. Did you hear that? I just got my first daddy. So that does give you a kind of indicator about the um, the sort of film we've got on offer. Liam, have you actually seen Instant Family yet? Have I you? have not, no. You have not. So I'll, I'll, I'll try and either convince you or not convince you on whether <laughs> the film is good. This is why, this is the nice thing about having a co-host, we can get more films reviewed. Yeah. So usually I enjoy reviewing comedies like this, but Hollywood seems to have had a bit of a problem with like, actually making comedies funny. I did not laugh many times during this film. It does have some good moments... But I did feel a little bit underwhelmed by it. And that's a real shame, considering how much promotion this film has had over the last couple of months. And its box office domination here in the UK, it, I, can, I, I, can, I can both understand it and I can understand why it's had its issues. Now, it's a guy called Sean Anders in charge here. And basing the film on his own experiences, for a one-hour, 58-minute film, it could do with a few trims here and there. It's my belief that a good comedy should go no longer than 90 minutes. Liam? Go. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it, it, 90 minutes is like the perfect length for comedy. There, there are pacing issues all over the shop. It could have done with a few cuts. And co-writing the script with a fellow writer, there, there is some well-thought-out humour, but considering the trailers that did play on loop at my local cinema every 20 minutes, I'll leave you guys to guess which cinema it is. Um, it's shot... 
yeah, long story short, this film technically has got a lot going for it, but the way it was executed, not just in terms of the writing, but the overall pacing, did not resonate with me. It felt too predictable, it felt too clichéd, and that is kind of problematic with Hollywood films nowadays. I've, I've been kind of focusing a lot more on independent films lately, but w- what this film is trying to do is trying to play this too sweet, this too saccharine idea that, oh, these kids go into an adoption, going to be adopted, you've got humour that plays it without with these two characters, these two parents who don't really know how to t- deal with kids, let alone a bratty teenager in the middle of puberty. The humour is played up that way. But where the film redeems itself a little bit is in the cinematography. Now, I like a good... I like a film with a good bit of cinematography, Liam. And Brett Paulak does an incredible job. Just a very fluid camera work. It's... Yeah. You can tell I've worked with film production students. Uh, <laughs> but in terms of the technical quality, that bit just about does the job. And where this film really excels a little bit more than it should... All the performances. Now we were just talking off air about Rose Byrne and how she's become a little bit typecast in yeah. these sort of roles. This is this is more of the same. I want to see her do more of the same. And for those of you who listen to our last show, it's the same problem that Rebel Wilson's been having lately. Just be, becoming known as these individual characters who have their issues, their problems. I don't want to see this repeated anymore. Just yeah. a, a, a guy by the name of William Goldman once said in 1984, in Hollywood, nobody knows anything. And I think it's indicative, indicative here. But Mark Wahlberg, pretty decent, as he always is. Yeah. Um, where this film really excels, and we'll talk a little bit more about her in the film news rundown, is a little girl called Isabella Monet, who will be playing Dora the Explorer. And uh, I might have a bit of a rant about that in the film news rundown. Just prepare yourself with it. We'll, we'll get to that. I'm prepared. <laughs> You're prepared. Um, but Isabella Monet is the highlight of this film. She's able to save it. She's able to put her all into this. And considering she had her first big break in the second Sicario film last year, I can see big things for her in the future. Yeah. Rounding out the supporting cast is Octavia Spencer, Tignataro, Joan Cusack, and a few others. But overall, this film had a lot of potential that could have been capitalised upon a little bit more. But due to its overly sweet and saccharine nature, this film just fails to live up to expectations. Knowing films like Daddy's Home exist and do this sort of thing a lot better, it, it, it's, not, it's not the best film in the world, but it could have been a lot better. And that's, 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 that's the best I can say for it. I, usually I'd say I'm not angry, I'm disappointed, but... I'm not disappointed, I'm just underwhelmed. So, yeah. uh, based on what you've seen trailer-wise, what, 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 what are the vibes that you get from, from Instant Family? I, uh, based from what I've seen, like, the, the clip, I did find that, you know, it probably incite a few belly laughs. And, yeah. Um, but the trailer, it, it, it looks like you, you average comedy that Hollywood's just doling out yeah. for the sake of capitalising on it um, but there's, I, I wouldn't say there's anything unique about it, mm. I think we've seen things like this done before and I think we've seen it done better Yeah, um, a lot better in fact I mean, I mean, you, you just you just got to look at an original comedy like Game Night from last year. The, um, the, that, that was one of the best films of 2018, without yeah. shadow of a doubt. Uh, but I, 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 I'm a bit of a bit torn about what rating do I give this film? Because obviously, here on Rip Ticket, if you're listening for the first time, we don't use star ratings because let's be honest, who can see star ratings on the radio? <laughs> uh, but uh, we do have a very simple back to basics rating system, which is. If I can get my notes up, 
here I'm having te- all sorts of technical issues today with my, my equipment here we are we, and our rating system is as follows masterpiece go out and see it now should be watched worth a watch not worth uh, yeah not worth watching and wait for DVD and I, I I can say if you're into this sort of thing instant family it is worth a watch, but you've got to be in the right mindset for it. It's a perfect night out film. If you're bringing, let's say, if you've got a few friends that you want to go to the cinema with and you want something light, something not meaty, you can utilise this film. You can get some things out of it, but you can't get a lot out of it. It's perfect. It's a perfect film that you can have a few few drinks with. And I know a lot of cinemas are doubling down on their alcohol sales, but that's another story for another <laughs> time. Uh, but Instant Family, it, it's worth a watch, but like I say, you've got to be in the right sort of state of mind for it. It's not the best film in the world. There are better things you can watch, uh, but let's be real, there aren't any many big films coming out for the next couple of weeks. Anyway, the next big, aside from Dumbo, so the next big release is going to be held on April 12th. It's going to be pretty... Super oh, no, I forgot Shazam next week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shazam next week. Super excited for Hellboy. Oh, yeah, Hell- <laughs> Hellboy's looking really good, that- and they might give me an excuse to play some of the music from the trailers on yeah. here as well yes. I need to sort it anyway uh, that's just a moment we need to get some music on because if you've listened to the show the format before it's usually review song review song we'd like to give you as much content as we can in the hour so let's see what have we got uh, see this, this is a downside we're severely underprepared today because Liam came on board quite late I was the, the way this came about because like I say Liam's here with a view to taking on the show in September so hopefully you guys welcome him with open arms to the Rip Ticket family but then again <laughs> we've been on the air 15 minutes and we have done pretty well so far I'm just trying to think fingers crossed fingers crossed <laughs> uh, let's actually have um, I, I go to this one a lot because oh. it's because it's an awesome tune and I know my very good friend Ed Greenberg who I talk with in the film production lot he will get a kick out of it he, <laughs> anything Bond that I play he seems to text me and say oh you play more Bond music brilliant <laughs> here on the Rip Ticket Show it's an oldie but it's goodie this is Goldeneye by Tina Turner you're of course listening to the Rip Ticket Show on Pulse Radio we'll be back after this with our film news rundown reviews of How to Train Your Dragon 3 and our new feature The Big Discussion featuring a little debate on the most prolific acquisition that Disney has made ever. We'll be back shortly. Tina Turner with Goldeneye here on the Rip Ticket Show with Jack Smith and Liam Murphy. God, that feels good to say, doesn't it? <laughs> um, so, of course, Liam, uh, what we do now is what we call the Film News Rundown, which is kind of three minutes worth of film news and kind of a precursor to, to the big discussion we're going to do yeah. in, in a little bit. So, let's get the music on. There's a lot to talk about in the film world this week, so let's just get on with it. So the important news for me is we've had the final posters for Avengers Endgame. We know that we've had a few more victims of the snap. And it's got me more hyped for for April. It's literally four weeks away now. We're four weeks out. I imagine tickets might go on sale on Tuesday. Not been briefed for it or anything like that. But I, I have honestly got no idea where Marvel can go be honest and we'll have a good chat about what the Fox deal means for the MCU but based, yeah. <laughs> uh, based on well, based on what you you understand obviously you're quite a big fan of the MCU yeah what should Endgame do based on these posters knowing that we know knowing that Shuri has not survived the snap knowing that Valkyrie has survived yes how can they go about bringing all these characters together in one film well I think the main thing, the outcome of the film, needs to try not to um, 
conclude things too much. Uh, that they need to leave leave it open yeah. for for future uh, adaptations. Because let's face it, it is it's on, it's it's snowballing. It's yeah. getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I feel I feel they might splinter more. Um, yeah. Start telling smaller stories and then build up something bigger. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because there are, there's plenty. I mean, Stanley, the, the universe that Stanley created yeah. is immense, and there's so many avenues that you can go down. And it's just going to be interesting. Just watch this space. Uh, like, like we're going to be talking about the Fox yeah. merger later. And after, after, there's, there's like the insinuations there for me. Yeah, uh, there's, there's blurringly a- obvious. There's a lot of potential routes that could go down. In other news, for me, and I could have a big rant about this if I wanted to, but it's one o'clock in the afternoon and I can't really use the language I want to <laughs> use for this. But we got the first trailer for the Dora the Explorer live action movie on Saturday afternoon. What even is that? <laughs> oh, it was one of the worst trailers I've seen. It, it's, and this tells you everything. It is utilising the same release slot on August 5th that a certain emoji movie utilised a little over two years ago. So that tells you everything about the amount of faith Paramount has put into this film. I don't think I'll be watching it. I might watch it just to get some absolute gold out of this for the blog. But yeah. I wasn't too impressed by that trailer. It just... When will Hollywood start coming out with original ideas? I mean, yeah. neither of us have seen us yet, but the fact that an original film like that can make 70 million in its US opening box office weekend yeah. tells you a lot about the state of Hollywood these days. They need to adapt and survive. Yeah. And that does nicely bring us on to a film that is the final part of an adaptation of a book. Huh, yeah. original. DreamWorks have had a very mixed couple of years in terms of their raw output. Obviously, they've had Trolls become the big box office success that it is. They've had all sorts of different other projects in development. Now it is time with their new managerial overlords at Comcast and the Universal, because they got bought out last year. They did, yeah. They got bought in fact, that, that does actually raise a question for the Fox deal. What, how are Blue Sky going to adapt to this? Are they going to get merged into Disney Animation? We'll have, a, we'll have a good chat about that in a little bit. Uh, but... How to Train Your Dragon has become one of the biggest box office franchises over the last ten years. And obviously, they envisioned it as a trilogy. Now, it's a shame because this this is the final part in that trilogy and it's been hanging around quite a lot in the box office since it came out in February, even with some cinemas not showing it initially. Uh, I, would, I was going to name them then, but we can't name brand names <laughs> on the air. Um... Uh, a certain chain that promises big screen entertainment. That one. <laughs> they know who they are. Uh, but it is uh, the, um, it's the third and final instalment of the House of Training Dragon franchise. I went off to watch it, and I'm late watching it, but I've seen it on Monday afternoon, and I have a lot to say about this film, so let's, let, 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 let's get the trailer on and let's get it out of the way. This is Berk, son. It was the home of your grandparents and their grandparents before them. But out there, beyond the edge of the world, lies the home of the dragons. And I believe it's your destiny to one day find this hidden world. You do know my leg isn't a chew toy, don't you? Is this what you want? Yeah, go get it. Uh, how am I supposed to get down? <laughs> Hey, bud, wait up! 
There won't be any dragons left. And it's up to us to put an end to it. So, what are you going to do about it? Shoot up, gang. We have one shot at this. You brought a baby to a battle? I couldn't find a sitter. The hidden world. It really does exist. A word. So, How to Train Your Dragon Free is pretty much self-explanatory. Picks up right where the second one left up. Um, obviously, I know a lot of you guys have already seen the film because it's been out for that long. This is this is the downside of writing an eight thousand word dissertation. I've had to get Liam in just to help me review the amount of films I want to review on this thing. But to kind of cut a long story short and sort of give you a short and concise thing so we can get on to our other things. Uh, when Hiccup discovers Toothless's dragon isn't the only Night Fury, he must seek this solace, this place called the Hidden World, a secret dragon utopia, or, or before a hired tyrant named Grimmel finds it first. It's a heist film, first and foremost. It's a kid's film, so you know exactly what you're going to be getting. But importantly, it's a DreamWorks film, and that DreamWorks label is a sign of quality. But... Admittedly, and bearing in mind this is coming up from someone who's not had much experience with how to train your dragon films, it's been briefly quite a few years back, but I might fall asleep during them. This is before I began reviewing films on a full time basis, <laughs> even though I've technically been doing this for five years on my blog, but that is by the by. Um, how to train your dragon has, like I said, become one of DreamWorks' most bankable franchises, and to have it end, knowing the amount of money it's made them over the years, it's, it, it's, it, it's a shame. and the, 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 the film did, the film started off pretty weak but it did build up and it built up and it the ending was very satisfying in terms of the raw emotion it feels like the natural way that they could end the trilogy now we do have a clip it's not a very good clip because trying to find because they, they put all all the big spoiler stuff as clips I don't get that yeah I know they, they do it in trailers as well. They really. I mean, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that we don't, we're not getting another trailer for Avengers because that's, that's going to be a, a big one. If yeah. I spoil any more of that, then, uh, then that is going to be pretty bad. But we do have a clip from House Trading Dragon explaining how bad this little tyrant called Grimmel can be. Here's a clip. I know this handiwork. Grimmel the Grizzly, famous back where I'm from, the smartest dragon hunter I ever met. Well, 
Next to me, of course. Well, he can't be that smart. He left his trap unmanned. <laughs> Nothing's accidental when it comes to old Grimmel. He lives for the hunt, to get inside the mind of his prey, to control its every choice. It's all a game to him. Well, he doesn't know who he's playing with. Yeah, well, we've dealt with this kind before. Don't underestimate him, Hiccup. Mark my words, he'll be back. Then we'll be waiting for him. So that is kind of indicative of what the, the main meat and potatoes of this plot is all about. Now, of course, as we are pretty late to the game with this one, a lot of you guys will have already seen it. Uh, DreamWorks can easily turn around a good film. I mean, a DreamWorks film was literally the very first film I've seen in a cinema. Nearly, God, 15 years ago now. God, I'm old. Um... And this latest Dragonfoot's film is another solid entry into the saga. And returning to finish the trilogy is writer-director Dean DeBlar. Now, he's had a lot of input into these films, adapting the Crest of Cow books into these most successful series of, of franchises. Uh, he's able to turn it around and spin, spin this original book and turn it into three films of unique plotting. And there's a lot of loose ends tied up from the last two films too. And obviously... Again, my belief that films should... Unless you have to, the film should be no longer than 90 minutes. This is a one-hour, 44-minute film. The first 20 of which are the ones I had issue with because it takes so long to get going. I know that this is a film aimed at kids, but you don't want to keep things dragging on for that long. You'll yeah. lose attention. I've sat through 20 minutes of adverts and trailers before that. It's a two-hour film with your adverts added. And... I was sitting there thinking, God, when will this film get going? And then when's the second and third act kicked in, it's like, oh, we're hitting our stride now. So it's got yeah. some some scripting issues. It's written well. It's a it's a kids' film, so as film students, well, no, it's predictable. It's cliche. You know that they're going to come through at the end. Once it hits its stride, it knocks it out of the park. It is the animation is some of the most detailed I have seen in a film. Visually, it is stunning. Seeing it on a big wide screen. The amount of colour depth. This is what DreamWorks are good at, creating these visceral landscapes. They can rival Pixar at times. When DreamWorks are all guns ablazing, they can really go all out with their animation. I mean, we, we, they've, cracked, they've cracked out Shrek, Shark Tale, Madagascar, Trolls, uh, these How to Train Your Dragon films. They know how to make a good film. It's just a shame those first 20 minutes or so just happen to drag on. Yeah. Uh, also, other things I've got to hear. John Powell provides another brilliant soundtrack. Um, it's a musical score to it. Again, because the soundtrack is just an important part of the film in my eyes. Technically, this film ticks all the boxes aside from those first 20 minutes. Now, performance-wise, uh, Liam, you quite already said Jay Baruchel back as Hiccup. Yeah. Um, most believable of a lot. Uh, it's it's more of the same old, same old. It's a lot of the old cast about Jay Barrichell, America Ferrera, Kate Blanchett, Craig Ferguson, formerly of late night television in America. Corden took over him. Ooh. And uh, that, that's what we call a hot and fresh science fact. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, a lot of the old cast are back, but joining them for the ride is F. Murray Abraham as, as Grimble and he is best known as one of Wes Anderson's go-to actors. He was in Isle of Dogs, he was in Moonrise Kingdom, very capable actor, yes. very menacing villain. I could, I could understand why they cast him, because he, he knows how to be a good villain, both in voice and vision. Yeah. And he, just the way that they did this film, it, it, uh, sure, it does feel a bit pained by numbers at times, but 
like I say, it's, it's an animated film. We're not the target audience for it anymore. I was the old one. Oh, I think I might have been the oldest one in there by considerable margin <laughs> on Monday afternoon. <laughs> Perks of seeing it at ten past five with a very packed out school yeah, audience. School, yeah. uh, that, but this paint my numbers mentality isn't to say that the film ain't enjoyable. It is a really good film and a fitting way to bring the curtain down on a trilogy of films that audiences have regarded very highly indeed. And this has been out since February. The fact that it's still around going into April. Not many films have that weight, especially with the amount of competition it's had. It's been up against the Lego movie. It's been up against Captain Marvel. It's been up against all of these different films that you just know are going to pull in a very different audience compared to all of the other things. I mean, the fact that, again, we'll, we'll get to the main meat and taste of the box office in a minute, but the fact that both this and the Lego movie are still in the box office to this day is a very good sign for how DreamWorks and their new corporate overlords at Universal yeah. want the film to see. So basically, if all... But this, this is where the problem lies. This could be DreamWorks' last truly independent film because, before they get usurped into Illumination Entertainment. Because that is probably what's going to happen. I mean, they want to reboot Shrek. They want to reboot, reboot all the main franchises, which you don't want to do yeah. that because we'll get angry. <laughs> um, but this film, it packs a hell of an emotional punch at the end. It's a nice way to end this trilogy. Knowing the new manager of DreamWorks uh, overlords, this could be their swan song if they're not careful. I just want to see over the next couple of years how they can adapt to being part of this new bigger umbrella. Liam, of course, by the sounds of things, you've not had a chance to see it yet. We've, 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 we've both been very busy. I'm at a disadvantage. I've not yeah. watched the prior two, to be honest. But, <laughs> Neither but have like, I. But like, yeah, like you said about the... Uh, the first 20 minutes the slow build up you'd think that's something that they could establish in the first two films you know and then yeah. jump straight into the third you know keep the pace you know going and rather than wasting time like that you want to you'll naturally assume that fans have seen yeah. the previous instalments so why not just run with it yeah <laughs> you know, run with it the original use that time that you've got to you know create something fresh why? Yeah. Oh. Uh, so yeah, um, I, 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 it, 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 again, I'm, I'm torn about the ratings. I gave it a four star review for the blog, which means technically it is worth a watch. But a lot. This the downside of reviewing film the two months after it comes out because everyone's already seen it. Yeah, everyone's already seen it. I know, I know I'm late to the game, but like I say, this is what writing an 8,000-word dissertation on independent cinema does to you. Uh, but yeah, How Strange Dragon 3 is a pretty decent film. Could have been better, but then again, it's a kid's film from DreamWorks. What do you expect? Yeah. Uh, but to, how about this for a tonal shift? It is time to worry about our TV movie of the week. And <laughs> this is to go from a kid's film to an 18-rated <laughs> gore masterpiece. Our TV movies of the week are Kill Bill Part 1 and Part oh. 2. I know. Bold. Uh, they're on... Uh, they are, they're on film four tomorrow night from nine o'clock. It is Kill Bill, the whole bloody affair. It is one of Tarantino's masterworks. And with, with the recent release of the trailer for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is coming out in July, I'm very excited to see what that film does. Um, it's kind of up to go back and re-look at this absolute classic about how to make a film and sure you'll be sat there for nearly four hours watching it. But... Yeah. I can think of worse ways to spend a Saturday night. <laughs> Nothing says Saturday night like having Uma Thurman with a big old blade 
doing her thing wiggling a big toe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yes um Yes, Kill Bill is our TV movie of the week. Um, obviously, um, uh, important night, I'm going to say this now, we might not be on the air next week because we're getting a shiny new playout system here at yes. Pulse, but we will have a TV movie of the week for you next Friday, and then when we're back on the air properly on April 12th, we'll, we'll be back to normal service. But keep an eye on the Facebook pages, we'll tell you a little bit more about that. Once we've played, I think we'll go again, oldie but a goodie. Let's have some Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going for all the classics because we got Liam with us the first time today. <laughs> uh, I, I, I remember... This is, this is one for guys who've listened to the show since day one. I, I remember playing this on the first solo rip ticket I did back in October. So this has been, this has been a mainstay from my time here. This is Redbone. We'll come and get you love on the rip ticket show on Pugs Radio. We'll be back after this with the big discussion of our brand new feature. Stay tuned, folks. Things are about to get pretty intelligent. Hey. That was Redbone. We'll come and get you love here on the Rip Ticket Show on Pulse Radio. Now, it's a big moment. I've got to teach you how to do the, uh, the box office rundown. Uh, so I'll... Uh, you, like I said, you can chime in if, if you need to, uh, but I will. I'll, I'll basically show you how. You, this is basically live on air training for you, radio anorats. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's been a lot of development in the UK box office since we've been off air. Uh, a lot of new films, a lot of new entries. So hit the music. So we have a brand new entry this week at number ten. It is five feet, feet apart. Haley Richardson and Cole Sprouse in a very unique teenage romance. The reviews haven't been that good. At nine been hanging around in the box office six weeks we reviewed it earlier this afternoon it is instant family not the best comedy in the world but it has hung around quite a bit making 10.2 million pounds at eight again eight weeks nearly 20 million bucks for how to train your dragon the hidden world at seven is a brand new entry ray finds directing russian actor in a new film called The White Crow. No cinema in Preston is showing it yet, so I've not had a chance to watch it. At seven is the Lego Movie 2, the second part. Seven weeks in the box office. How about that, Liam? Seven weeks. Seven weeks at the box office. Very good indeed. At six is Fighting With My Family, a film about a wrestler. I enjoyed that a lot more than I thought I was. Yet again, I know the true story. At uh, it was five. Uh, four is what men want. Two weeks in the box office. Not in it yet. Pretty decent. At three is Fisherman's Friends. Two weeks in, 3.4 million banks. It is appealing to the silver surfer market, as we say. But the real question, which film is your UK number one? Is it Captain Marvel or is it Us? If Us is going to be UK number one, it is a big win for Jordan Peele. I have the figures courtesy of Comscore here. And I have to break the news to you all that Us has charted at second place, which means you're UK number one for the third week in a row with nearly £13 million banked to the box office is Captain Marvel. They said it would never be a success... Here we are now, three weeks into its run, on track to become one of the biggest films of 2019. How about that? Absolutely boxing <laughs> That That is... A box office is quite a big indicator, but of course, box office-wise, Disney have got a lot of dominance right now. That kind of segs us in to the big discussion for this week. 
how will the Disney Fox deal impact on you guys as cinema guys? Let's have a bit of a chat about this. So, as we all know, Disney have bought the assets of 21st Century Fox, including the rights to the X-Men and the Fantastic Four properties, which I know you're quite happy about. Very happy. Um, so, w- what does all this mean for us? I mean, we've got a lot more possibilities that we can go down. Sure, a lot of people are going to lose jobs, which is which is a real shame, and we yeah. feel for everyone in that situation. They've already shuttered their independent subsidiary Fox Searchlight. Yeah. Um... Which was behind Shape of Water amongst other films, but Liam, what what are your views on the on the on the big on the big deal? Well, I just I just think it's giving it's giving more opportunities to the cinema, the universe in yeah. general. I mean, yeah, X Men has been in this purgatory <laughs> for years. Yeah, now. It, it has been it's, in this unique little purgatory that you don't know what we're going to do. They, they've got to legally do things a certain way. I mean, the, the room was that was a heavy carry in the first Deadpool film, which wasn't actually heavy carry. It looked very close to one. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think for me, the, the, the Fox deal, it's going to cost a lot of filmmakers there in they're independent voices. I mean, films like The Shape of Water wouldn't be greenlit under Disney. There's no way in hell. But yeah. they have hinted that they're going to keep Deadpool R-rated, which I'm very, 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 very... That, that very has to be a given. Yeah, yeah that, that has uh, to be a given. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, I think it's it's interesting. Uh, as long as they keep the integrity of these, like, uh, these, you know, uh, materials the same or like if they do reinvent them make sure that it's got the same heart um, then I I don't see see them going wrong but like like um, like yourself you said that it's costing people their jobs and stuff like that which is a shame Um, but at the same time in that it's all in the name of progress, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's all all these different franchises under one corporate umbrella, which is yeah. which, which is kind of indicative of how Hollywood has gone nowadays. You've got Universal, who are owned by Comcast. You've got Fox, who are now in now capable of the hands of Disney. You've got Warner, you've got the DC franchises. Yeah. So this is kind of... I mean, we're both film and media students. We've been covering this quite in depth, especially on the media ethics module True. for the third yeah. year. But the amount of control that they now have on the film industry, I know cinemas are a little bit worried about the amount of films that they're going to have to say no to because the, the way that these deals work. I know on Star Wars last time round, the deal was that they had to show Star Wars in a in the biggest screens for a minimum of four weeks, which means a lot of other films couldn't necessarily have gone into the amount of screens that they would have. I mean, Pitch Perfect 3 was hit hard by this because it got bumped into smaller screens, sold out a lot more frequently, and as a direct result, didn't make as much money at the box office. Sure, that's a universal film, but this deal has got big ramifications. On the bright side, a lot of good material for the Disney streaming service as a result. I mean, we've got all these new properties and all these new characters that they've inherited. I mean, the fact that we're actually going to get the X-Men potentially in the MCU... Yeah, it's a big deal. It is a very big deal. Um, it won't happen on Endgame because they have wrapped Endgame now. Yeah, we know that. We know that. They are literally finishing the music as we speak, based yeah. on what I'm hearing on Twitter. Uh, but this, this deal has 
big old ramifications for the industry. I'm just I've, once Spider-Man: Far From Home is out in July, yeah. that's where we're going to really see the impact. I mean, give them a few months and let them get embedded into their new lives as part of the Disney umbrella. In fact, one thing that has come into my mind because they now have the 20th Century Fox logo under their brand. Are we going to get that back before Star Wars? Before the actual opening crawl? Yeah. That was like the best before Disney took on having that fanfare and then going into the main theme. Yeah. That was the best way you can get an audience hyped for a film. Yeah. I mean, we've been chatting off off the air about what about what the little advert one particular cinema plays to get audiences ready for a film. Having the, that the nostalgia associated with it. Having yeah. nostalgia associated. Having that go into the, the phones off message and then into the opening crawl yeah. with the 20th Century Fox fanfare on top of that. That would that would make this generation yeah. think that's how you make a Star Wars yeah. film. And obviously, uh, the odds are we're probably going to be on the air as we as they announce the title for episode nine because Star Wars Celebrations coming Can't up in wait. two weeks' time. <laughs> so it, it does bring back if I was on the air when the when the Endgame tra- trailer dropped, so I, I had to break the news on this show. <laughs> <laughs> about the fact it was going to be called Avengers Endgame but yeah this deal has got a lot of ramifications going forward I, I'm, I'm just going to be interested to see how this impacts on the industry in, in general and not not just here on the radio show but on the, on the blog and I imagine they'll be coveraging the Pulse newspaper as well uh, not just now but going into the next academic year this could really change the landscape of the media industry I mean we're a film show primarily but this is a big deal not just for, for us but for, for TV for the streaming yeah. services this has got so so much potential. I just want everyone to get along. I just want to see all these new properties. And not only yeah. that, like we say, the X Men have got a new home. Fantastic Four have got a new home. Thank God. Yeah, something needs to be done about that. <laughs> some, something really does need to be done about Fantastic Four. I mean, yeah. the, last, the last two Fantastic Four films have been pretty dire by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so, yes, yeah, like. Basically, a short and concise view of our opinions on the Disney Fox deal. And that is, well, we're nearing the end of the show, so it gives us five minutes to sort of talk about the social media and where the show is going to be going forward next. Obviously, as we've mentioned before, the likelihood of us being on the air next week all depends on how quickly me and Liam here can get trained up on our brand new system here at Pulse. So a lot of the shows might not be on air from Monday, so keep a close eye on all the social media pages. You can find them, respectively at facebook.com forward slash the rip ticket show and twitter.com forward slash ripped underscore ticket there you'll be able to find links to to my blog outside the university where all the reviews primarily go up first obviously like I say well, the odds are our next show we'll be back on April 12th because we'll definitely be reviewing Shazam on that one we ha- we kind of have to yeah. we have to review Shazam on that one uh, obviously with the, the build up to end game it's going to be a lot of that over the next couple of weeks um other important developments um, the odds are we're going to be on air right through to the end of the academic year not just when semester 2 finishes but we might go into term 3 because there is a genuine need for film reviews here on the campus and obviously I don't want to give this show up that easily it's going to take a lot to coax me out of the studio believe me <laughs> uh, but um there's a lot to look forward to on Rip Ticket now I've got Liam on board for the ride this is going to be an interesting dynamic yeah it's going to be now that UCLan has got a proper film critic pairing again yeah. I'm pretty excited about that, that possibility so now I've got to start thinking about what song I want to play to close the show I want, I want to play something big because that's kind of my mentality here on the Rip Ticket show on Pulse Radio um, but I also at the same time want to play something that we've not played before. Uh, 
and the reason I say that is because we've got we played the same old music week in week out for quite a long old time now since I came on board in in October actually I'm just trying to remember the number for the song I want to play not that one <laughs> uh, you'll like well, the way I'm going down this because it was used in a film if I can remember where, which one it Actually, no, five minutes left. Uh, We're going to go with this one, because it's actually one of my favourite songs. That did actually just jump out of me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, when I when this came on in the opening titles of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I was sat there thinking, oh my God, they're actually going for it. What better song? What like? better song? I, I missed the, the original idea was to rickroll everyone, because it was using Wreck-It Ralph 2, which is out on DVD this week. Yeah. Uh, but we are going to close the show with a little bit of ELO, with an absolute classic, this one. Uh, I don't even need to say anything more depending on which version this uh, which version of the song this is which version of the intro so I'm just going to get this done now my name's been Jack Smith my co-host been Liam Murphy this has been the Rip Ticket Show on Pulse Radio and until April 12th we will see you at the movies see you later <laughs> That's just about it for this particular episode of the Rip Ticket Show. Join us next week for another visit into the archives. But until then, my name's been Jack Smith. This has been a little bonus episode of Talking Smith About Film. And until next week, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>